Many companies say they have jobs to fill, but is it in your industry? We're talking where the new hiring wave is happening. It is Saturday, June 27th. This is Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown Up podcast, coming to you from upstate New York. Coming to you from uh, a pretty empty basement in Detroit, Michigan, where we're still cranking out the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salcihi. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape. We break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. New sponsor, Bobby. Big thanks to NordPass for supporting uh, Money with Friends. You'll get a two-year plan and one month free to use NordPass. NordPass is a great way to protect yourself when you're online. That's a password organizer. And you take a look at the reviews of NordPass. You can get rid of password stress forever. Enjoy unlimited premium features, 30-day money-back guarantee. Check out NordPass. There's even a video on the front page where you can check it out at nordpass.com forward slash MWS. Anything that gets rid of stress, Joe, is good with me. <laughs> I don't know what stress is. We just had yeah. an estate sale, we had a busy weekend, and uh, I'm sitting here with boxes around me. No stress at all here. No stress, not at all. And I, of course, have a totally stress-free life. Well, well, and I got to tell you, our stresses are nothing compared to stresses of people that are out of work. And today we got a great piece that you brought to the table about maybe some hope for white-collar jobs. Yep. Let's see which one of our friends is going to bring us into the story. Hey, it's Paul from the Crazy Money Podcast. The money talking party starts now. It's time for Money with Friends. All right. As you mentioned, it is from the New York Times. It is by Nelson Schwartz. And it begins the headline, New Hope for White Collar Job Seekers. It depends on the job. The hiring trough seems to have passed, but most opportunities are with the industries least buffeted by the coronavirus shutdown. And this is the article. Sean Banerjee's services do not come cheap. A top headhunter, he typically has several searches underway at once, each of which can cost the companies that hire him a six-figure retainer. In April and May, when the coronavirus pandemic shut the economy, he had just one executive spot to fill. Now he has five new assignments as corporate hiring has rebounded in June. And now we have a quote from him. I'm feeling bullish, who says Mr. Banerjee, who works from Stanford, Connecticut and Manhattan and places executives in tech oriented roles at major companies. Quote, I don't think we're going backwards. The turnaround at Mr. Banerjee's firm, Caldwell, echoes a broader reawakening in hiring for professional positions, according to interviews with headhunters, recruiters and executives at staffing firms. Human resource departments are beginning to consider filling open jobs and recruitment is picking up for high-level corporate posts. But the recovery is uneven. More than a million new jobless claims continue to be filed each week, and certain industries are far outpacing others in the rebound from the trough a month or two ago. Jobs in technology, healthcare, financial services, and consumer packaged goods lead the way. On the other hand, headhunters and others say hiring by retailers, apparel makers, airlines, hotels, and academic institutions remains more abound. After, excuse me, and it remains a disorienting time for many veteran corporate employees. Even as hourly workers at restaurants and other businesses are called back, salaried employees find themselves in an unfamiliar landscape. 
Melissa Kushner, age 45, lost her job in April after 20 years in the apparel industry. Quote, I was, I never was laid off before. She said, I'm really nervous. It's hard at my point in my career to find a job irrelevant of COVID-19 quote, I've been doing a lot of networking, applying to different jobs and trying to figure out if I want to pivot. She, she adds, it's like the world turned upside down. Workers in areas like technology are feeling more confident. Nick Harness voluntarily left his position in New York at J.P. Morgan Chase in March and has been looking for a job as a technology officer at asset management firms or banks since then, perhaps in his native Britain or an American city like Austin, Texas. I'm optimistic and there are definitely roles out there, he said. The process has been slower, but it feels like now people want to close some of the conversations that have been taking place over the last few months. They want to fill strategic roles. Other than a week or two in late March and April as the lockdown began, I haven't really had a dry period, Mr. Harness added. The recovery's tentative nature is echoed in government statistics for the job market. Employers unexpectedly added two and a half million jobs in May, defying expectations. And even though they've declined significantly, new jobless claims remain at historically high levels. There's been a lot more activity in the last few weeks, said Tom Gimbel, chief executive of LaSalle Network, a Chicago staffing company. After the depths of April and May, he said companies are adjusting to the new normal. Information technology, marketing, and human resources positions lead the way at LaSalle, according to Mr. Gimbel. Increasingly, employers are asking to meet potential candidates, albeit in a socially distanced fashion. It's been all through all uh, through Zoom or Microsoft Teams, but clients are starting to say, I want to meet face-to-face, he said. They say, come to my backyard or the park or a table outside Starbucks. The, the piece uh, continues, but but Bobby, I think this is a really interesting, interesting piece because... Uh, I mean, it makes a lot of sense that, uh, that, that, that as the job market continues to stay a little more robust than we thought, it's in these sectors that, um, that currently aren't as affected. Absolutely. And I think it is interesting that the person mentioned who worked in the apparel industry is thinking about pivoting. And I think that's really smart that people need to think, what skills do I have? And should I switch gears at least for the time period until we get a vaccine where we may see a much slower recovery in industries that they talk about where there isn't a lot of hiring that may come back very slowly until we get a vaccine. Because for example, uh, service industries like hotels, restaurants, they have to operate at a much lower capacity. So those jobs may not come back as fast as jobs in say technology and healthcare and financial services that they're speaking about. So you may not want to say, I'm going to pivot for the next 20 years, but you may say, look, maybe for the next couple of years, I need cash flow, And you know what? Yeah, I can actually do a job in these other sectors. So I'm going to do that and I'll see how I feel in a couple of years. You're not going to lose the skills. Um, maybe you want to keep up and continue networking with people in the, the industry you've been in. But yeah, it's not such a big deal. Pivot a little. Maybe keep things interesting in your life. It's always interesting to do different things in different careers. I get, it's, it's funny. Back in the early 2000s, when I was at American Express, they bought bulk copies of this big book at the time called Who Moved My Cheese? I um, love that book. And, and it's just this simple little parable about how there's these uh, mice in a maze and they get cheese at the same spot all the time. So they all run directly to the cheese, but then they move the cheese and some mice 
sit around and complain about it all the time and do nothing. Other mice worry that the cheese is going to move all the time. And the mouse that actually does the best is the one that just realizes the cheese is going to move. And because the cheese is going to move, let's prepare that the cheese may be someplace different than it is. Very simple parable. You don't have to read the whole book. I think I just told you the whole thing. Yeah, I think we get it. <laughs> Go but, with the flow. But, but, but this is interesting. In your, and this is the big thing, Bobby, I think about not just a financial plan, but a workplace plan, right? Having mm-hmm. this idea idea that maybe we're podcasting. We're also doing this on video at the same time. Fewer people listen to podcasts today than listen to podcasts four months ago with Mm -hmm. something that we could have never predicted at the time. And because of that, you know, doing this, this on YouTube, more people watching video than before, we're able to kind of, to kind of uh, pivot there. Now we're not geniuses. It just is when you think about your career, I think you need to think about what could possibly go wrong. I think that's so smart. And also think back to the fact that this is not the, this is a very different economic pullback, but this is not the first one in our lifetime and probably will not be the last. And even in 2008, I remember I had to take on different skills in order to, I wasn't in a position where I was, where I was losing my job, but the people around me were losing their jobs and I had to pick up their skill sets in order to retain my job. So I learned a lot of new skills that people always are kind of fascinated that I was, you know, quote on our talent, but yet I can work all this technology. Well, I wasn't actually given a choice. It was kicking and screaming to a large degree. I didn't want to learn to edit my own, you know, content. I didn't want to learn about basic lighting and how to move, how to do graphics and this and that, but you know what, that's what it is. I had to learn to do that and to have those additional skills. And I think that it serves you well. And, you know, now is the time we've talked on other episodes about going, um, if you're home and you're not working, you're probably collecting some cash at this point, still from the government, parlay that time. And if you can money into new skills, because it's never going to be a bad thing to know more and your industry may come back, but maybe not, or maybe you might find yourself being really interested in something else. Also, it's okay to have different careers through different stages of your life. How many, how many times over the past three months has, has one of our big takeaways been to pivot? I mean, it's been, it's been pivot has been kind of this theme of this entire, this entire downturn. Uh, when I was learning how to do financial plans, I learned that there are these four things we called the four cornerstones, uh, which are, you know, house built on a solid foundation is going to have these cornerstones. And the first one is your cash flow, cash management. and making sure that if you, and and you're always asking yourself, Bobby, these questions, what if my stream of income goes away? So first thing we look Mm -hmm. at is money coming in. What if my stream of income goes away? Or, or is there a way to increase my stream of income? Most people don't ask for a raise at work. In normal times, we've seen the studies, your boss often wants to give you a raise, but you don't ask and they don't really have a system in place. So they keep you at the same amount. And you've seen these stats, women more than men don't ask. They don't want to rock the boat. And so you see, you see that issue along with a lot of income disparity issues, but the, um, uh, but can I diversify my income stream? And then what comes to expenses, looking through your expenses, what expenses can I cut? And that leads into cash reserve and debt management, right? So that we call the first cornerstone, but the second cornerstone is risk management. And a lot of people think about buying insurance, but risk management actually is this bigger thing. What are the risks that are out there and how do I solve them? And by the way, when you, when you encompass your discussion around risk management, instead of buying insurance, you'll usually find you buy less insurance and you have a better strategy 
and when you do have insurance, you have it in, in the right place. And I'll give you an example of that. Um, accidental death and dismemberment is an insurance that a lot of people pick up for through work, and it's because it's really cheap. Well, if you're like most people and you have a desk job, especially people we're talking about today, accidental death and dismemberment pays you more money if you die in an accident. Why do, why do I care how I die? It's probably better to have good disability coverage and good life insurance and just get rid of that accidental death and dismemberment insurance for a lot of people. If you're somebody working in a warehouse, accidental death and dismemberment might be a great thing. So looking at this bigger picture. I pic- still buy it, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I buy all the insurance. Looking at your, she has all Which the insurances. We can talk about umbrella insurance and all those things. But. Well, well, and umbrellas are fantastic. I mean, um, yeah. umbrellas are actually great. But, but my point is, is that risk management really is what we're talking about here when it comes to to, to, to to your job. What are the risks out there? And then do I put the woman in the apparel industry? You know, the apparel yeah. industry changes. What are what are the risks? I love, yeah. I love by the way what Ron's saying here uh, yes. live on YouTube. Ron says, "I'd love to see workplaces continuously rotate people to other jobs. Keeps jobs fresh. I mm-hmm. I, I think the worker has more fun here too. Yeah. Did, did you see the early? There was an early study in uh, in uh, management, and I believe this is from the nineteen twenties or nineteen thirties, where they were looking at workplaces." And their thesis was, you know, there were all these uh, uh, places where there were factories where tons of people were working. uh, And this was in the garment industry. And they realized these people are working in these horrible conditions. So to isolate one condition, they decided to turn the lights up and make the place brighter. Guess what happened to productivity when they made the lights brighter? It went up. It went up. However, it went up and then it stagnated. So... It's to, the change is what changed it. Yes. So to make sure that they that, that this wasn't a problem, they turned the lights back down, expecting productivity to go back down. They turned the lights back down a few weeks later. Productivity yeah. went up again. So uh, it's better for all of us if we just keep changing. Well, I'll tell you, that reminds me of something that happened when I was working. You always talk about when I was working in America Express, but I was at CNN Business News um, in my early 20s. I And again, I don't know that they, I have no reason to think they do it now, but at the time, um, it was a pretty big operation and they would, I came in, I remember a few months in and suddenly everyone had different jobs. I mean, I kind of had the same job as, you know, pretty low level person there, but Every, you know, the guy that produced the morning show was suddenly on this other show and this and that. And there was, there were some, maybe a few little promotions, but really it was just like a giant musical chairs. And I was like, what's going on? And they, at the time they did that, they would just shake it up just to bring in, you know, make everyone kind of feel differently. And also there's probably a little bit of fairness because there's certain more desirable shifts and less desirable shifts in news. Because what many people don't really think about is that if you're doing the news, that's from seven to nine in the morning, which is a great time to do the news because you no no, seriously, editorially, it's great because you get a lot of news. So it's really fun because you get all the numbers at eight 30 and the market's opening and all that stuff, but our pre-market stuff. So a lot happens then it's really fun, but it's also, you're there overnight. So there was a little bit of that shifting around, but I definitely feel that freshen things up. And I will say, even though I had jobs, for example, at Reuters for more than a decade, I was switching jobs within that probably at least once a year, at least within, in terms of my duties and what I was doing. And I had to constantly adapt and I loved it. I think it was great. I think so. I agree with Ron. I, yeah, I think that makes, uh, makes so much sense for everybody. It is, it is fun, gives you more skills, uh, increases, I think your worldview. 
Yeah, good stuff. In just a second, Bobby and I are going to have our takeaways from today's piece. But want to introduce you to our brand new sponsor, NordPass. Because NordPass is a plan that I've been using for quite a while now, uh, about six months. And uh, Bobby and I thought, you know what, we should probably uh, see if they would sponsor the show. So big thanks to them. What NordPass is, is it is a way to make sure that all of your passwords stay secure. So you have a section for your passwords. What's cool is every time you go to a new site and you put in your password, uh, it'll ask you if you want to store the password in NordPass. And then you can put in your payment information, your ID information, your receipts. You can have that all in one place. And what's cool is NordPass then comes up with different, different, um, hard to get to, uh, um, uh, passwords across the, across the landscape and you don't have to come up with a new password. All your passwords then aren't the same, right? Once a hacker figures out one password, they get all your passwords. Your passwords are always different. Here's what else I like about NordPass, Bobby. I like the fact that whenever they see that your password is vulnerable, they alert you to the fact that your password is vulnerable and they tell you, you need to change it. And then not only do they tell you to change it, if you agree, they change it to another hard to figure out password. And that happens, uh, that happens often. Uh, NordPass, yes. NordPass available very inexpensively, but we've got an even better deal for you. If you head to NordPass.com and you're going to hear me typing it right now, slash MWF, you'll see right there for Money with Friends uh, listeners, you'll have a deal, a two-year plan and one month free. Get rid of password stress forever. Enjoy unlimited premium feature guarantees, a 30-back money guarantee, and you'll save 50% now. Head to NordPass, that's N-O-R-D-Pass.com forward slash MWF for that offer. And if you're not using a password manager, you need to get one. You, you should get one. Very well said. Well, thank you. Protect your data. Protect really it. important. Yes. So important. What's our takeaway about protecting our ability? I don't know, our ability to get yeah. a job. I'm trying income, to, protecting yes. our income. Yeah. Look, I don't think everyone should give up on their industry if it's having a tough time right now, but we all should be realistic, especially as it relates to income in the short term. So many skills are transferable. Be open-minded. Do an honest assessment of whether your industry really, really will come back to a level that will recover your income to a sustainable level, certainly in the short and medium term. And if it is realist, if it realistically is not going to, you need to do what you can to create options. Look out for yourself. Absolutely. Don't, don't be worried about, and that was Bobby. My only takeaway was don't, don't sit around wondering how the cheese moved. Go yeah. move, go move with the cheese. And go read that book if you haven't yet, by the way. Yeah. Very easy, quick book. I'm sure it's available at the library. Oh yeah. That book was so popular. Well, not all the libraries are open yet, but you can certainly download it. And by the way, important library downloads, you know, you can, you can borrow virtually online yeah. from libraries. You don't have to physically go to the library to borrow a book. Good stuff. Uh, Bobby coming up on Monday, we're going to be talking about some more interesting stuff. Investment guru, Jim Rogers, and what he has to say about Bitcoin. One of, uh, a lot of my worldview comes from Jim Rogers. Uh, yes. I've, I've read Jim Rogers books and uh, I have to say what a thinker and what he says about Bitcoin on Monday is going to be very surprising to a lot of people. 
But Jim Rogers, I was been, surprised. He's been right. He's so a smart much. guy. He's been right a lot. <laughs> right a lot. All right. Uh, on behalf of Bobby, I'm Joe. We'll see you next time back here at Money with Friends. Bye bye. This show is created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends, LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at Money Friends Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I am Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam, nailed it. <laughs>